0: Hello, hello, my name is Josh Seaton. I'm the youth pastor at LifePoint Church in Prescott Valley, Arizona, and this is Engaging the Culture. Um, thank you so much for listening if you are a pastor, parent, student, or a leader. Man, we uh, we really appreciate um, all who listen. Make sure to share this uh, podcast with people who you think it might um, benefit or the discussion uh, might open up some discussion for Anything from home life to uh, to you know staff meetings or whatever, you know um, I think it's it's important for uh, us to be able to have conversations, open and honest conversations. I hope you guys have uh, enjoyed some of the guests we've brought in. Um, I uh, figured out a way to finally get my microphone, at least mine, for when we have those remote guests. That way, the entire audio is not uh crazy (laughs) but um but yeah man so so making some progression it's it's uh it's coming along nicely and um I, i last week i really enjoyed the conversation that i had with uh with daryl being able to just sit and break down how does it look like to age um in youth ministry and kids ministry specifically but talked about a little bit uh broader things uh, you know how how to be an associate pastor these type of things i think um that conversation is is really relevant and i think that's something that especially as um youth ministry even even more so than it already was was plunged into social media and complete like remote um uh interaction like whether it's um, video games whether it's uh, social media whether it's live streams whether it's phone calls like uh, there, there might have been an adjustment so I thought that that conversation was really cool with Daryl there's actually two parts there's a bonus episode on there as well we had a really awesome conversation it lasted a long time and uh, so you can check out the, uh, the bonus episode as well and get a chance to listen to our conversation in it's entirety we, we obviously cut um, as much as we could um, to, to meet that, that standard uh, podcast link that we've been shooting for. We shoot anywhere from 25 minutes to 35 minutes. We try to keep it under 40, and um, that's just something that I, I know um, is rough for a lot of people, and, and I'm not trying to take over an hour and a half of your time. Um, This week, I do not have a guest, so um, with this new format that I was talking about last week, um, we're actually not gonna have different segments. It's actually just gonna be um, me. So so buckle in tight. Uh, hopefully um, hopefully I can collect my thoughts and be able to uh, talk about um, our topic this week um, in a way that is uh, uh, a way that's enlightening and, and hopefully can spark some conversation. Um, so as again um, going back to to the transition that um youth pastors and ministers and just in general have have made to online because of the coronavirus as if that transition wasn't hard enough as if um, we didn't have enough on our plate when it came to how do we keep um people engaged and then it moved from engagement to how do we steer people into the right direction because that's when conspiracy theories and um uh this disbelief in the virus itself and um, and I'm talking extreme. I'm, I'm not talking about numbers. I, I get that those are, 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 you have to pay attention to all that stuff. I'm talking about the really wild stuff. Like it moved from just simply remaining engaged to our churches to then making sure that we were pastoring them correctly and leading correctly, leading our homes correctly. Uh, and, and then, as if that wasn't enough, we have the case of George Floyd. And uh, Brianna Taylor and, and a couple of others that have been really prominent in a, in a short span of time. But really, this has been a thing that has been uh, uh, on our plates as a nation for several years, decades. I mean, I, I remember my parents telling me about Rodney King in the 80s. So this has obviously been something that, that continued to, uh, to perpetuate. Now it's reached a boiling point where it's almost as if the church couldn't uh, step around it Uh, pastors leaders parents even could not step around having a discussion like this and um, that's really where I want to land on with this uh, topic Um, next week uh, it's either next week or this weekend I haven't figured out if I want to make it um, just a a quick um, turnaround or or not so be on the lookout here in the next um, week or so maybe even less uh, because I I, I want to talk about this issue in depth with someone who I think has a very, um, very strong um, and, and very uh, wise perspective. Um, it's one of my friends and uh, I'll, I'll introduce him and talk about it probably at the end of the episode. But um, what I really wanted to do to open up that discussion before we get into that discussion is talk about uh, how important it is for people in the church to be able um, to interact with this the right way, I know I did an episode um, like this on the coronavirus, dealing with facts and not, you know, being gullible and all this stuff. But I think um, this is, in, in in a lot of ways, it's the same, and how we approach it and how divisive it is. But but I think that it's very different in um, our response as a church, and so um, I think in in my uh, just my experience as i've been navigating this Uh, for those of you who don't know Um may of 2019 was when I was hired. I actually moved out to arizona in july of of 2019 so I am like Depending on where you want to look at it. I'm either right over a year or i'm right under a year (laughs) doing this thing so Um, Forgive me if I bring a perspective that is not matching your own. Um, I'm trying to navigate my own personal thoughts and feelings in this while also trying to encourage other people who are walking in the same pathways, whether it be a parent, um, a student, um, a leader, or a pastor. So uh, I just want to put that kind of as a disclaimer before we get into these um, heavy discussions. And really, a disclaimer that I probably should have put in... All of, all of my discussions because I get that you know it can be a certain way. Anyway, what I've experienced and what I've seen is a ton of um, evaluation. And I think that people are evaluating these situations a lot of times for the first time where they're really sitting back and they're, they're confronted with it and there's no um, jumping back or, or, or sidestepping what's going on. I think in years past um as I was a student as I was a leader um I never heard um my my uh pastors or um leaders or anything um talk about um deep rooted social injustice, social oppression um things that are systematic things that are um dependent on families i i I never had those conversations with church leaders um uh, before Maybe, maybe a couple uh, conversations outside, but it had never been preached on or s- spoken on, um, to my knowledge. Until I got into a uh, college uh, campus. It was a Christian school. But man, they still were, were all about speaking on it, especially um, as I went throughout college. I, I took p- classes on minor prophets and prophetic literature in the Bible. I um, was able to be um, taught what the what the uh, prophetic words of of these amazing leaders and mouthpieces for God, what what they really spoke against and what they really spoke about it, it brought to light a lot of things that I had even pushed to the to the wayside. and um, taking that knowledge and taking that background, coupling it with the things that we saw you know i i knew that we had to make make statements i knew that we had to preach um the the gospel uh, i just didn't know what parts to preach i didn't know how to um preach it because the situation is so so tricky because you have a people group who have felt the sting of oppression and injustice for hundreds of years and on the other end their response to it is completely against scripture when it when it talks about loving your neighbor and 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 having respect for them loving them as yourself so so where should the christian stand here and i was really struggling and i didn't know what to do and as we had conversations um as a as a church staff as we um were listening to church leaders at the network level and the national level, um, for the assemblies, which is the fellowship that I'm a part of, um, I I realized just how divisive it was even in uh, amidst, um, staff members who were seeking the kingdom together. And, and, um, I realized where, where we were at, you know, and, um, I realized how important it was for ministers of the word, for people who call themselves people of faith to stand in the gap and to really be mediators and um give the voice back to the church. I just didn't know how to do it. And I remember um I remember one of my college professors um had had just poured so much wisdom in me. Um he's an incredible, incredible professor and um an amazing pastor, an amazing um friend as well and and he would always, he would always um, challenge your opinion, whether he believed it himself or not. And he said that up front. He said, "I am going to challenge what you say. You better have justification and reasoning and Bible to back up what you say." And so, being in a in a in a setting like that and having conversations like that really shaped, really shaped what I believed and why I believed it, and also gave me questions to the things that I knew I believed. You know. And so as we were walking through this, I'm a year out of, of college now, and um, heard all of these things and knew as a lead pastor, um, their role was to listen from listen from the Lord, hear the voice of God speak, be led by the Holy Spirit, and make decisions based on that. And I, I thank the Lord so much for the lead pastor that we have um, at my church at LifePoint um not only because he's my future father-in-law but just for the fact that like he he's an amazing an amazing man of god and I know he he is constantly seeking that for us but um when it came to my role as an associate pastor and for your roles if you're listening as an associate you know how do we, how do you speak on it when um the lead pastor and the church as a whole is still trying to figure out their footing how are We're supposed to um, interact and preach this and and talk about these issues and and have a voice, but not water down the gospel, but also not disrespect the position and the time that it took to evaluate the positions of the church as a whole, the network, the national offices, all of these things, right? You got to understand your role. I think that that's the biggest thing in this. You have to understand where you're at. If you're a lead pastor, man, cast that vision. Go after it and make sure your team is on board. But if you're an associate and you're struggling or you're you're walking through it and you're trying to figure out how to honor people while also um, talking about issues, this was the advice that I had received from my professor after I had texted him. I said, hey, ma'am, what do I do here? How do I honor my staff? How do I honor my church? How do I honor my community? How do I do this as an associate pastor underneath the covering of somebody else? I don't want to buck that or go against that. And he gave me such simple advice, but at the same time, for the last two weeks on the messages that we've preached um, in our youth ministry, they've been some of the most powerfully um, um, expressive that I've ever preached in my life. And it was because of the simple words that, that he had given me in this text. All he said was, preach the gospel. He said, if people have problem with what you're preaching, because you, if, you're, if you're preaching out of the gospel with no ulterior motives, and you're just reading, exegeting, and figuring it out, and, and, and communicating that, and people have an issue with what you're saying, they don't have an issue with what you're saying, or the stances that you're taking, or the positions that you have. They have an issue with scripture. And that's a totally different thing. That's not on you. And for me, someone who is faced with how do I talk about this thing, how do I bring light to it, but at the same time, my church is still walking through how to figure it out. And luckily, luckily, we made um, uh, a conversation, and and uh, we have a service that, that talks about this. So I don't mean to say that like we're trying to twiddle our thumbs and do that. I hope that that's not coming across at all. But um, you know, he said, preach the gospel said okay um he gave me some some examples of what he's been teaching and preaching and um having conversations about what he's using from scripture and and all of this stuff and and uh so the first week the first week we we talked about the full gospel the true gospel and i used um acts chapter 8 to talk about stephen and how he he was filled with the holy spirit he knew his calling was to preach the word and he preached the full word and it made a lot of people uncomfortable and it made a lot of people upset so they tried to poke holes in his theology or his his preaching and and how he was doing things but what happened was his indwelling of the Holy Spirit was able to speak for him and have answers to refute all of the bogus claims that Pharisees and, and church leaders were making at the time. So what did they do? They had to resort to distorting what he was saying and and twisting it and persuading people to then go against Stephen for what he was saying. And then when he's up on trial against the Sanhedrin and they're questioning him and they're talking to him, it says that they looked on his face and it was like the face of an angel. He was completely peaceful, completely blameless. and, And I think that that is where we should be at. So that was the first thing that I had spoke on. And uh, was received so well by by people who I talked to I had talked to my fiance I had talked to some other leaders I had talked to my pastors and said hey what do you, what do you think about this they said man you just yeah I thought that that was good I thought it was coherent I thought it was um, it was something that that the, the, the students needed to hear I said okay that's cool and um, you know I, I went on and then this past week, uh, this past week, I spoke on uh, Habakkuk because personally, for me to to see some of the things that I was seeing, to hear some of the things that I, was, that I was hearing, I was like, man, this is like, like I can't believe we're having some of the discussions that we're having. I can't believe that we're trying to figure out these these places just in raw honesty. That's where I was at. But I, as I was reading Habakkuk, he was also there too. He was just brutally honest with God. And he said, man, I don't feel that you're working and I don't feel that you're coming um, uh, on our side I get that you're punishing Judah I get that we have wronged you but man come on you can't use these people they're violent they're oppressive they're they're seeking injustice they're greedy they're all of these horrible things and they're just going to move on and, and continue to dominate aren't you going to do anything and man that that whole first thing in um, Habakkuk 1 was almost word for word what I've been saying about some of these things man, why aren't you going to stop the rioting and the looting? Why aren't you going to stop the the, the racial um, tension? Why, why don't you um, come and intervene? Why aren't you um, using the church to speak out? What What is it? What is it? Why are, why are we waiting? And Habakkuk hears back from the Lord and and he says, you know, all of this stuff is happening for a reason and you have to trust that I'm bigger than it and it's a part of a bigger plan. Like like yes, continue to fight for it, yes, continue to speak out against it, but ultimately I'm gonna have the final victory. I'm gonna have the 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 reset. You know, I'm gonna be the one making sure that people are paid for what they've done and I just found so much solace in that as I preached it for myself personally, but I think it's really powerful when we can just sit back and let the word of God speak for itself. And I think that that's really um, the thing that we're supposed to do in this time is let the word of God speak for itself. Let scripture speak. I uh, admittedly, as I was preparing even before that first message on Stephen in Acts, uh, I, I admit I was looking for scriptures. I was looking for accounts in the Bible that would Um, Allow an avenue to speak on some of the things that were happening. And I just felt like I was hitting dead end after dead end after dead end and I felt the Holy Spirit kind of nudge and say, what are you doing? Why are you changing your study habits? Why are you changing the way that you're exegeting scripture? Why are you looking at it from this lens? If you would just study scripture the way that you would on a normal Wednesday, if you would preach the gospel the same way that you would on a normal Wednesday for all intents and purposes when you're, when you're in the pulpit, when you're preaching and you're speaking on my behalf as a minister of the of the word make sure that you're preaching the word, don't preach morality don't preach society and societal issues like preach my word and let everything else speak for it because there's an answer in it sure enough as I'm preaching and I'm and I'm talking about Acts 8 I see very very clearly how it applies here as I'm reading Habakkuk man verse by verse even it's some of the very conversations that I've had with God in my own prayer life man I think it's so cool that we serve a god who allows us to be in you know with him he sends us his spirit so that he it can he can live inside of us we don't have to worry about how to lecture well or or convert people onto our side of whatever thing that we believe and if we just let the gospel speak if we just let the bible speak It's going to be far clearer than any kind of slant we could put on it. And so I think if you're struggling in this time, figuring out the words to say, figuring out the conversations to have, figuring out uh, the questions to ask, or the people to reach out to, or you just don't know what to do in this season, I just would love to encourage you with the same encouragement that I received from a man who has a ton of wisdom and, and has spoken in my life countless times. And that is just to sit to preach the word. And let the word preach for you. I think that that is the biggest thing that we can do. And, and I get that in this time, emotions, tensions are running high on whatever way that you feel about any of the stuff going on. It's very easy to stay in that mindset as we read scripture, as we um, uh, use uh, our study tools. You know, whether you're an exegetical preacher, you you preach an, uh, an eisegesis or whatever, you know, it's easy to fall into that. But I think the Word of God truly has the answers. The Word of God truly has um, everything that we could ever need, man. And I don't think we need to add any flavor or add any. Seasoning to that, and um, yeah, that's just been where my heart's been at this week, um, the past couple weeks. And um, thank you so much for for taking some time to just hear me out. I hope um, that this is an encouragement to you if you're a pastor or a leader. Um, if this is a if you're a parent listening, man, I hope that you um, are inspired and um, ready to to have conversations with your children. To be able to um, have these conversations in the household to make them common and to keep God's word at the center. I think that that's the biggest thing if we can keep God's word at the center. And so thank you so much for for taking some time out to hear my heart to hear my perspective on this. Um, hopefully it's been an encouragement to you. Um, we're We're going to continue staying in the pocket of um, racism, the, the racial divide And everything that is going on With our society um, And how the Christians Response should be to All the different things that are happening I can't wait to have that conversation um, With my friend His name is Braylon he's, uh, he's an incredible dude And he's just got a lot of, of wisdom And I uh, can't wait to have that conversation To open it up and to allow him To kind of speak um, To this issue even more Um, Than I'm doing And so um, With that I'm going to go ahead And I'm going to sign off Thank you so much for listening Make sure you check out um, All of our um, social media uh, Whether it's the LifePoint Church page You can find us at LifePoint Church AZ Or LifePoint AZ um, Depending on the social media platform Um, You can find us um, At LP Youth AZ On Facebook, Instagram And then you can find us at LifePoint Youth Prescott Valley on YouTube um, or LifePoint Church Prescott Valley on YouTube um, to find all of our services, everything that we've been doing during this time. Um, And we really um, appreciate uh, all of the the engagement that we that we have been getting and can't wait to uh, to get back at it here very, very soon. So with that, I'm signing off. Thank you so much for listening can't wait to be back with you guys with you guys again next week and uh, yeah have a good week guys.